morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, apparently the Lakers have called the Washington Wizards about Kyle Kuzma. They are still waiting for DeMar DeRozan. They are interested apparently in Nikola Vucevic. Still unknown whether they would be interested in bringing back Alex Caruso. Uh, a lot going on on the trade front and I have some thoughts about Darvin Ham. Let's start with the fun stuff. Apparently, according to Chris Haynes of uh, Turner, and um, on a live podcast, he was talking about the you know stuff that he's hearing around the league, some of the rumblings. And according to Haynes, the Lakers have actually reached out to the Washington Wizards um, in in reference to Kyle Kuzma. Now, this is something that I have known for uh, quite a while. These rumblings about the Lakers' interest in Kyle Kuzma uh, go pretty far back, actually, um, especially this season. The, he's somebody who they had their eye on heading into the year when they wanted to wait to see how some teams did uh, at the beginning of the year to see who might become available. The issue is Washington, to start the year, was kind of spunky. Uh, they have fallen off as of late, and uh, they still have Bradley Beal, who it's not like you're going to go into a full-on rebuild while you have Beal on the contract for the number that they have him, even though that number probably forces you into one. Uh, but yeah, Kyle Kuzma, you know, does a lot of things that the Lakers clearly miss. Um, you know, we can go into the poor asset management that would go into <laughs> that would that would result in trading Kuzma and a pick for what what uh, Westbrook, and then trading a pick for Kyle Kuzma. Uh, but you know what? Regardless, the Lakers have a need. He feels he, he fills uh, parts of that need. He wouldn't be the solution to the season, but he would certainly be a step in the right direction. He's played really well for Washington. His game has really blossomed. I'd be curious to see if he would be uh, open to just assuming the same kind of role that he was playing before with the Lakers. But regardless, those are things that you need to just figure out whenever he gets here, if he was to get here. Another wing that the Lakers are reportedly interested in is Jay Crowder. Uh, now, he lost his starting job in Phoenix and immediately started moping, which, look, at least I guess he'd be starting for the Lakers, but that does feel like a bit of a loser move. I've never really been a big Crowder fan either, but but still, uh, the Lakers apparently have, have checked in on Crowder, as have many teams around the league. He is a... a player who has played important roles on good teams. Uh, this, according to Eric Pincus of the uh, of Bleacher Report, of the Bleacher Report, man, I'm old. Uh, but according to Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report, he wrote the following, Phoenix was close to sending him to the Milwaukee Bucks in a three-way deal with the Rockets talk extended to include the Warriors, but nothing came of it. Other teams to be interested include the Heat, Hawks, and Lakers. Uh, Jay Crowder is making 10-ish million dollars this year. Uh, and would fit into the expiring contract slot of, say, Patrick Beverly. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, what the Lakers would be willing to give up for him. Uh, I would imagine talks probably around a first-round pick for him, and the Lakers, I would imagine, want to protect it, and Phoenix, as of right now, probably doesn't want any protections on it. So that's how the negotiations would, would likely go there. Again, not the biggest fan of, of Jay Crowder. I, I, you know, in terms of if it was just his game, I, I like just his game, but he's pretty dirty. He's never really gotten along with LeBron, and I think that would kind of matter. Um, and 
and I just, I don't know. The, the, the whole I'm not starting, therefore trade me approach to the season really rubs me the wrong way and is really a red flag when it comes to the rest of his career because, you know, if you lost your spot in Phoenix uh, and you're getting older, eventually you're going to lose that spot and you're going to handle it this way while Russell Westbrook has handled the same thing the way he has. It's just not a very good look. But still, the Lakers need a wing. He is a wing, and I could understand why they checked in on him. Another potential wing, or a pair of wings, actually, that the Lakers are interested in are Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish. Uh, More Fournier than Reddish, apparently. Makes sense. Fournier's a better player uh, and has been useful more recently. Reddish is more of a project who, you know, the Lakers don't necessarily have much time for a project right now, but, but still... Uh, it makes sense here that the Lakers would call, and apparently the way that the Knicks are trying to get rid of Fournier without attaching a pick to his bad contract is by attaching what essentially, like I think right now, Reddish is probably worth a conditional second rounder. So from the Knicks' perspective, they're essentially attaching a conditional second rounder to Fournier to be able to move Fournier, but the Lakers apparently are, are holding out for draft compensation of their own, which kind of makes sense given the nuisance that moving Russell Westbrook's contract has been and Russ's contract is an expiring one. So this is going to be worth watching as well. Um, But again, you know, look, wings. The Lakers are interested in wings, and, and, and that's a good thing. Last kind of rumor that's out there, and I find this one hilarious, is apparently, according to Jake Fisher, Patrick Beverly has started to make it known that if he was to get traded and eventually bought out, that he would like to go back to Minnesota um, where he last looked like an NBA player. It is wild that we are, man, just over a quarter of the way through the season, and Patrick Beverly has been such a disaster that even he is looking at future destinations. Like, just think about that. Think about how bad things would have to be at your current place of employment that not only are you looking at, all right, what comes next, but what comes after <laughs> the next move? Like, man, I suck so bad that some team's going to pick me up. Just let me go for nothing. And then I, I might be useful. That is wild. It is crazy that somebody who uses so much confidence is already looking at what comes after his Lakers tenure. What a disaster of a trade. One that, frankly, makes zero sense given that the Lakers never have moved, wound up moving Russell Westbrook. That's another hit against Rob Polinka's tenure. All right, now as far as actual basketball, I wrote uh, something about Darvin Ham and some of the mistakes that he is copping to but not really adjusting from. The Lakers can't afford for Darvin Ham to be the typical rookie head coach. Typically, first-time NBA head coaches get to learn alongside a younger team with lowered stakes. Darvin Ham has no such luxury with these Los Angeles Lakers, headed up by a 38-year-old LeBron James and an MVP candidate Anthony Davis. He has no time to learn on the job, and mistakes he has personally acknowledged yet repeated have already cost a couple wins. Given the razor-thin margins for that come with a flawed roster, his learning curve is less a curve than it is a cliff. 
On a couple occasions, Ham has apologized for some issues in his coaching that cost the Lakers. It's a fine sentiment, and a coach can't ask for accountability from their team without taking some of their own, but an apology has to come with a willingness to learn from the mistake and not make it again. Ham is good at saying the words, but has to more quickly take action on those issues. As an example, Ham said after Tuesday's overtime loss to Boston that he needed to do a better job at using his timeouts to either break up momentum or get guys a breather as he relied so heavily on one lineup for all the fourth quarter. Thing is, that issue cost the Lakers earlier this season against Indiana. So sure, the apology is nice, but without actually learning, it's just words. He hasn't directly addressed this as something he needs to tweak, but his lineups have also left a lot to be desired. This goes beyond his starters, which always will get hyper-analyzed as it's the first thing fans see every game, but extend throughout as his reliance on guards forces him to go extremely small. Those lineups have been brutal, and it doesn't appear they're going anywhere even as more logical groupings haven't gotten as much opportunity. Put more simply, Lonnie, Austin, LeBron, and AD is the Lakers' best lineup, and I feel like we almost never get to see it, whereas we're constantly subjected to three and sometimes four guard groups. More proof we're in the bad place. And look, all this criticism does come with a couple qualifiers. First, Ham has been more a more good than bad. Second, the context under which he's making these mistakes matter. Of course, a first-year head coach would rely more heavily on veterans he's trying to get to buy into a system. Of course, he's going to try to make some of the front office signings to appear not to be waste of roster spots. He can only coach the team he's been given, and this team is clearly flawed. None of those disclaimers changes that the mistakes he's made have cost the Lakers. Starting most games with the talent deficiency is difficult enough, but when the less talented team is forcing itself to have to come back from slow starts brought about by bad lineups, then something has to be tweaked. If not taking timeouts late in games is something Ham is aware of right after losses, then perhaps as those situations present themselves again, he should learn and adjust. The situation he's been put in is probably more than just a little unfair. But he took the job and knew what he was getting himself into. Maybe help is on the way if Rob Palinka ever gets around to fixing the clearly broken roster. But if it isn't, it falls on him, like it did Frank Vogel before him, to make the best of the tough situation. Do I think this is just who Ham is from here on out? Obviously not. And like I said earlier, I think he's been much more a positive presence and he's been a detriment to winning. But the time has come and gone where the Lakers can afford to watch him learn and grow on the job. Ham seems more impressive than your regular rookie head coach, and he'll have to be given the situation he's been put in. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Make sure you check out the conversation Harrison and I had where we got into uh, the Darvin Ham, uh, the first quarter of his career, the first quarter of the season of his career as an NBA head coach. We also discussed the Lakers waiting game um, as it pertains to their options on the trade market. And at the very end of it came to quite an epiphany. So you're going to want to check out all of that um, a little bit later today, or I guess tonight. I'm going to be hosting another Lakers Lounge with a group of the podcast from this here podcast feed. So I hope you all tune in to that live. And if you miss it, it'll be right here on this pod feed as well. And that'll get you guys ready for Friday when Aaron and I preview that night's game, as well as kind of recap what I would imagine is going to be a busy few days as it pertains to trade rumors. So until then, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.